Pop 1800 is a 30-minute interview with a person of interest in the Boone community. Today, I have Connor Raines, Corbin Cummings, and Ben Negan, all members of SGA. This is App 1800. I'm Eris Slaughtermilk, Assistant News Director of 90.5 WASU-FM, and here today I have with me, all of y'all can introduce yourselves real quick, please. So my name is Connor Raines. I'm a first year here at App State, and I'm a double major in political science and psychology. I'm also a senator in SGA, and I'm also the sergeant at arms of our SGA as well. I'm Ben Negan. I'm also a first year um, SGA member. I'm a political science major, and thank you for having us today. Yes, my name is Corbin Cummings. I use she, her pronouns. I am a senior political science major with a double minor in economics and criminal justice, and I am also serving as the current director of diversity and inclusion. Okay, thank you. Could each of y'all just run over the positions you hold and just what that means in terms of SGA just in total, just for listeners? Yeah, so I'm a senator representing honors and academics here at App State. I am serving on the Sustainable Development Committee as well as the Rules Committee, which is a committee that reviews legislation before it goes to the Senate, reviews different constitutional things. And I'm also a sergeant at arms of our Senate, which, you know, upholds decorum, keeps track of attendance, that kind of thing. And yeah. And I am a freshman class senator, so that means I represent a bit of a broader constituency and take part in the legislative process, writing bills, keeping an eye out for all the issues and important topics that we need to be focusing in on around campus. So with being DNI or diversity and inclusion, the work that I do is solely around supporting the most marginalized students on campus. I do a lot of work around making sure that, you know, I am invested and involved in constant communication and have an active working relationship with folks who are part of those various communities. So being a part of ISA, which is Intercultural Student Affairs, I have a close working relationship with them. The three centers that they have, so the LGBT Center, the Multicultural Center, Women's Center, also work a lot with the director of Title IX, the chief diversity officer, as well as some other folks who are part of student affairs, just so we can figure out how we're best able to support our marginalized students. But not only students, I also work with a lot of faculty and staff. So HR, I also work a lot with different folks who are part of faculty and departments to talk about equity, diversity, and inclusion. So it's a lot of work considering the year that we just had this past year. But, you know, we go to PWI, and I think that this position is really important to figure out how we're supporting those who are not considered to be in the majority. So, yeah, that's a lot of the work that I do and what my position entails. Thank you. Y'all's positions are much appreciated. And could each of y'all just discuss your journey with what you do and kind of why it's important to you to serve the roles that you do? Yeah, I can go first. So for me, I've always been quite interested in politics and different causes. And to be honest, I wasn't really planning on running for SGA. A person that, you know, I'm barely friends with was like, oh, hey, you know, you should run. So I did. And I won. And I was just kind of 
you know, I was very new to SGA. I didn't understand a lot of things. And it's just sort of this beautiful process of like, you know, you start maybe helping out on a bill here. Then before you know it, you're introducing your own bills. You're having debate during Senate about things. And I just, I'm really thankful for this opportunity, honestly, because I mean, we wouldn't really be doing our jobs well if we weren't creating ideas and legislation that were creating real change on campus. And even if they haven't been implemented, you know, I think, like, it's just been so awesome to be a part of bills that pass Senate that I think are, like, going to really help our student body and really help the people that we represent. Yeah, so definitely at first, you know, Connor and I are both first years. So at first, being at home, I felt unmotivated to be involved. But seeing as elections this year were held in the fall, I took that as an opportunity and an invitation to just go for it. Because, like Corbin said, even though this year has been weird and challenging and difficult in so many unique ways, the change that needs to happen doesn't take the year off. So I figured, why should I? And it was really weird running for App State office from my bedroom through Instagram, but it worked out and we're on to another election cycle now. So after a really long year of getting involved in diversity and inclusion, sustainability, a lot of women's health issues, trans rights, like we're talking about today. We're on to another election cycle and another year. So it's been a long journey, but we're moving on. <laughs> yeah, for me personally, it's been a lot just because I'm a senior now. So I've grown with SGA and SGA has grown a lot with me. My freshman year, I ran as a freshman class senator. I was a part of the student affairs committee. And then my sophomore year, I ran as a sophomore class senator, but I was also the deputy director for external affairs. And I was also the pro temp. So I was appointed to be the president pro temp for SGA. And then on a statewide level, there's UNC. CASG, which stands for the University of North Carolina for Student Government or Association of Student Governments. And that's basically a body of all the student governments in the state of North Carolina that are under the UNC system. So there's 17 other institutions, 16 others app makes it 17. And they come together each month to talk about just better ways we can serve other students. So there's roughly 250,000 students within the UNC system. And that also includes grad students. So what are ways that we can talk about equity? What are ways that we can talk about housing and the Board of Governors and the state of North Carolina and how different legislation can be impactful and and funding and all those different things. So that's what I was a part of for three years from my freshman year to my junior year. And in my sophomore year as well, I was also the president pro temp of UNC ASG. So I was president pro temp at the same time for two different entities. So my junior year, I was appointed to be the deputy director of diversity and inclusion under Jay Edwards, who was the past director of diversity and inclusion And then in my second semester of my junior year, I was appointed to be the ASG campus liaison. So I have experience with just advocating for students on a statewide level and on an institutional basis. And I think that the most rewarding, honestly, is what's going on with an institutional basis just because, you know, you're able to be more so boots on the ground with the change that you're able to do and you have much more personal 
relationships with the folks who you're working with and you're able to see the change close up and personal. But, you know, the things that I tell folks all the time is that this work is about service and it's about accountability. And I feel like if you're going to be in a leadership role, those are just two things that you just have to always remember about what you're doing. It doesn't matter what type of work that you're doing. You have to be able to be held accountable hold people accountable and be committed to constant service. It's really challenging, especially with me being a black woman. There's a lot of challenges that come with that. But, you know, I'm doing this work because I believe that people who are marginalized and for folks that look like me deserve to feel safe on campus. They deserve equity. They deserve resources and they deserve opportunities. And if I weren't to have them, I feel like that they should. So it's constant advocacy and amplifying of their voices. So this year I had the privilege and honored to be appointed as the Director of Diversity and Inclusion. So with COVID and Black Lives Matter, Black at App State, dealing with the recession and dealing with just the different challenges that we've had with academics and pass-fail and not knowing if we're going to be on campus, it's been a lot because all of those things, in my opinion, fall under diversity and inclusion. But it's been rewarding to work with senators like Ben and Connor to figure out how we can best serve the student body at large. So yeah, my story's been long because I've been in student government since my freshman year, but I've always wanted to be. I've always been committed to service and I feel like I'm super proud of the work that I've been able to do and the folks that I've been able to do it with. Yeah, thank you. I'm just really thankful with this interview. We have such a broad spectrum of different experiences like Ben and Connor, y'all kind of just went with it. But Corbin, your experience and I actually interviewed someone from I think Dr. Jamie Parson She's a leader for the College of Business for Empowering Inclusivity, confronting these truths that just come with being a predominantly white institution, how institutions can just be kind of elitist and that needs to be said. So I know the campus is really thankful to have people like you that are leading in such a strong force and just this topic we're talking about today, super thankful for the representation that is just being confronted that people don't really think about. But just a basic question, where is SGA on campus and are y'all remote or are people in whatever office or place you hold on campus at the moment? Yeah, so yeah, we're remote. We did have one in-person meeting. Well, it was kind of a hybrid. You could be on Zoom, you could go in person. In the fall semester, besides that, all of our committee meetings, you know, cabinet meetings, just Senate meetings have been virtual via Zoom, but the SGA offices are located in Plum State Union, and we still have people in the executive branch that work in their offices in there, even during COVID. Thank you. And this may be a loaded question, but can someone just answer like what kind of different positions people in SGA can hold? Is it for every department, major? How does it work just for like listeners who may not know? Just like a basic rundown of all the different positions you have. Who is at your meetings? When are your meetings? Do you all meet together or in different departments? and whatnot. I can answer that. So with SGA, there's two different bodies, but we're essentially the same body. So within SGA as a as a whole, there's senators and then there's cabinet members. And then, you know, there's a side faction that exists where that's student affairs and some advisors who assist us with different 
pieces of implementation are just overall advice. But as far as the senators go, there's different colleges that you can be a senator of to be representative. There's different offices that you can be a senator representative from. So from the MCC, the LGBT Center, Women's Center, IFC, PHC, if there's a certain organization on campus or a certain college, or if you're wanting to just be someone who's a general senator or somebody who's just a freshman class senator, a sophomore class senator, junior class senator, senior, and so forth, you can be someone who's able to do that for special interests such as athletics and things of that nature you can be a senator for those things to be a representative for that as a whole but you can also petition in and you know we're able to assist folks with trying to figure out how we can put them into different committees so within SGA there's different committees that exist there's the sustainability committee there's student affairs academic affairs next year we'll be introducing diversity and inclusion there's also wellness committees that one works in collaboration with student affairs and that's something that's newer this year but it was also a change of the constitution within the past couple years so we've seen how the bodies have been able to work differently to help the student body so you know, I would encourage folks to look back to see how there was a change within that. But for cabinet members, there are folks who are directors that are basically supposed to be in direct correlation with the student body president, vice president, chief of staff, and members who are part of administration to get things implemented and to work with senators to help with legislation or ideas and things of that nature. And they are appointed by the student body president, and they are confirmed by rules committee and then the Senate. So that's how our process works within SGA. Okay, thank you so much for clarifying. So just with each of you, what have you been advocating for recently? Is there anything specific you want to discuss? Yeah, so I can lead off on that one. So recently, I've had a few bills that we're working on. So one has been addressing food insecurity. We're trying to implement a program around town as well as to use some SGA money for donations to some organizations here in Boone and on campus addressing food insecurity. We've been working to provide more free menstrual products to students on a lot of statements. So I'm on external affairs committee, so a lot of what we do is release statements. Our most current one is on the Equality Act, which is in the U.S. Congress. So yeah, a lot of my work is centered around diversity and inclusion, though I am a broad senator. So of course, my work ranges, but my passions lie with diversity and inclusion. And it's really important, as Corbin said before, that everybody has a place at App and that we sort of rise above the reputation that App has around the country and that I know I felt coming in. And that was that reputation was a big part of why I joined SGA to be able to counter that and have App be a safe place for everybody. And that's at the root of my cause. And especially with this current election, I'm being myself and I'm showing people that you don't have to look any certain way or dress any certain way, talk any certain way to be part of SGA. So essentially, I have, like Ben, I've kind of, you know, a lot of the legislation I've either had the idea for or helped write has spanned many areas. They include the Climate Neutrality Recommitment Act to get App State to become, you know, set our target for 2025 being climate neutral, which I know that's quite ambitious. I've been a part of a bill that was a support statement for a great organization called App Builds a home to build homes in our community. But I think personally, I'm most proud of having the idea for and introducing this year was the Mental Health Days Act. So essentially, this act would have optionally given students three mental health days to take from class similar to sick days as, you know, 
this is unprecedented times. We're in a pandemic. And to be honest, like I'm very passionate about mental health. And I think that I want to see a push for that on campus. I want to see, you know, mental health be more destigmatized at this university. I want to see more resources. And it passed the Senate. And I was, you know, myself and a lot of people were just very proud of that. The RSGA kind of showed that we care about our students like that. And this was overwhelmingly supported by students. But it'd be noted that administration did not want to implement this. And a lot of people, you know, have talked about that. But yeah, that's kind of what I've done. I've banned a few different subjects and I'm really passionate about mental health legislation myself. And just to go off of that, you know, for me personally, mental health is extremely important to me. What I've been advocating for for the past couple of years is what does that look like for us to have more black and brown counselors? I know that within the past couple months and the last year since we've been in the pandemic, there's been a lot of conversations and a lot of work around telehealth and what does that look like and how is that able to support students, which is a huge win just because, you know, in the means of us being virtual, what's going to matter most is accessibility. And, you know, if things aren't accessible, then it's not going to work for all students. And constant conversation that we've been having with wellness student affairs that we've been having with admin and that we've been having with Office of Disability as well as about how we're able to advocate for folks who are in need of access and how are things supposed to be accessible and how we're able to kind of decolonize our language around what is considered to be accessible because if it's not, then it's ableism. So how do we address that within the classroom or outside the classroom? For me, you know, I'm also part of the Black at App State Collective. So, you know, after this past summer, we formed the collective and that's been the basis of a lot of my work this year, just because we've been working really hard to get the demands implemented in terms of supporting our Black students, our Black faculty, our Black staff, and for folks who are considered to be alumni. But in terms of SGA and how that does that have correlation to the work that we do, I'm really proud of Ben and I working in collaboration together to get legislation passed to make this position permanent because in the Constitution it's not. And, you know, I know that the New Year's past we've had the Director of Sustainability, Social Sustainability, but there wasn't explicit language that talked about what does it mean for there to be a representative who works specifically on diversity, equity, and inclusionary issues. I'm super excited to see what that looks like for years coming. I know that that was something that was put on the ballot for folks to vote on the referendum. So hopefully that's something that folks are able to vote for, advocate for, and that the work that we're doing is not something that we just started today or yesterday. This is work that students have been doing for years, 10 years, 20 years. So it's just a matter of us continuing the work. And I'm really excited to see what that looks like moving forward. So just to close it out, I've been working a lot with that, working a lot with trying to figure out what does it mean for staff and faculty to have equity on campus. So there's been monthly meetings that have been had. Sometimes they've been bi-weekly. We've had them with SGA faculty and staff, which is something that we haven't done ever before. So, you know, we were able to come together just to talk, faculty senate, staff senate, and SGA, to talk about ways that we can advocate for things together, just have a basic conversation to bridge that gap. So that's something that's really important to me. I'm really excited to see what y'all do with all of that in the future. But one thing I really wanted to get to in this interview, so one of the people on our news team wrote an article about how SGA is trying to work on getting students to have their preferred names on all documents affiliated with App State, which is just so important. That process in itself, it can take years. Anybody wants to speak on that, just tell the listeners more about that what that means, has it been passed, what's the update? First of all, just regarding getting this to happen, it's time. Like for this to happen, 
and not only this, but a multitude of things on campus, but we'll focus on this. It's past time for this to happen. If you are a transgender individual and you have to have, you know, your dead name on your app card, I can only, you know, if I want to attack this from a mental health perspective, I can only imagine how detrimental to your mental health that could be. See that name every time you swipe for food, every time you swipe to get into your dorm. And so it's just, Ben and Corbin has said, making this campus more inclusive and just a kinder, safer place, this is one of the things we have to do. And essentially, we really, you know, it's actually on the AppCard website, it has said for a while, want to get preferred names on AppCards, but it hasn't happened. And I just personally feel like as, you know, people representing the student body in SGA, it's our job to kind of get, be a catalyst for this to happen. Yeah, so first of all, and to put it simply for everybody listening, this is completely possible no matter what admin says. As Connor referenced with the app cards, Connor and I have been having meetings and as well as Corbin's meetings. We've been having meetings with admin and the response has gone way down, which is really sad because after sending so many emails, trying to schedule Zoom calls and to see kind of silence coming from the other end is really disheartening. And in preparation for thinking about this interview, I was thinking about myself. So my legal name is Benjamin and I go by Ben. And I was thinking about the fact that that happens for me and that's possible. But the moment that it becomes about gender identity, it becomes an issue with the law and it becomes an issue with federal paperwork and courts and surgery. And that process to go through is completely terrifying. I volunteer here in Greensboro at our LGBT center and I get calls all the time about people being confused about this process of legally changing your name. And something I've learned is that the legal name change fully is based around surgery, which is such a serious process to undertake. And that's where I'm coming at this project with because we don't need to mirror the government. We don't need to mirror our nation's government by forcing people to have surgery just to be respected. They're students and we love them, (laughs) the bottom line. And classes are already hard, so we don't need to add any undue pressure just because someone is trans. We just came up across Trans Day of Visibility and, you know, when we're talking about what does it mean to be hyper-visible and what does it mean for us to be considered invisible for folks who have marginalized identities, I think it's really important for us to talk about trans folks and what does that mean to advocate support with them and stand in solidarity and the work that we've been doing on campus in terms of supporting trans folks is not something that has happened. It's something that just recently happened. We've been advocating for years, but I think it's really, like Ben said, it's really disheartening to see that there hasn't been much done and on administrative side in terms of implementation and what we're able to do to support trans folks even more. So I'm really excited to see what we're able to do and I'm optimistic with the new senators who are coming in that are much more progressive to see how we're able to support trans folks and advocate for folks who have marginalized identities. I'm glad there's some optimism. I'm disappointed in administration too. I hope that gets fixed figured out in terms of this particular bill you're trying to pass do you have a good outlook what do you think in terms of the silence when a bill doesn't necessarily get the attention you wish it would have gotten what do you do do you just continue pushing for it or do you kind of put it off to the side maybe get some other stuff figured out what happens now personally for me i see my career in sga and at app state as a sort of a clock and if we're doing it out of the years 
I have left. There's three years left. And I just have to say a message to admin that I have not been disheartened by this. It makes me sad that response has been quiet. But from my perspective, I'm not letting up. And, you know, right now I have to rely on emails and trying to schedule Zoom calls. But these people have offices and they have salaries which are paid by everybody's tuition. And, you know, it's going to be my mission. I'm going to be at their offices writing letters, writing emails. It's going to be much more constant communication with these people and building relationships because, of course, I don't mean to sound hostile in any way towards admin. There are people who hold power on campus and that's that's where my frustration comes from because I would love to build up this relationship and it hasn't been as steady as I would have wished. But that's my answer is just not giving up because you can try once and it doesn't go your way and you can take that and walk away from it. But personally, I know that I'm definitely not. And a message just to anybody else listening, like get involved because any actions you take, any messaging you send to admin will help. And I'll go off of that just because I'm really, you know, inspired by the work that Ben is currently doing, but also want to recognize the work that you know, folks in the history of what it's taken for us to fight and stand in solidarity and be an accomplice for trans folks. So in 2016, there was occupation of VB Darty, which is the administrative building in opposition of HB2 and advocacy for us to have more inclusive restrooms on campus. And I know that there was a lot of calls to action that happened from the group organization, student power on campus. So that happened. And I know that in 2018, there was a lot of work that was done and just a lot of conversations had about I know that you're you've heard about the six amendments that were on the ballot during the municipal elections and how one of them talked specifically about IDs and having IDs in order to vote. And I know that there was a lot of conversations about if that bill was to be passed and to be voted on, what does that mean for us to have preferred names? Or I know some folks are saying, you know, don't call it preferred names. And I personally think that there should be more language to talk about just saying if something's your name, then it's your name. But not saying that this is something I prefer. No, it's my name. And how does that look like in terms of identification? And I know that there was conversations around that in the introduction of the student cadets and just the violence that was on the rise from police officers of our Black trans women. And how were student cadets going to be responsive if they were to approach or just be around folks who are trans and having to have an understanding around how that can be potentially dangerous or harmful or violent for our trans folks in at App State. So I'm really excited to see us pass more legislation and have much more advocacy around supporting trans folks. And for me, just with working at Black at App State, it's always been a constant ongoing battle with administration in terms of urgency, because what happens is, you know, we'll have meetings, we'll have strategy meetings, we'll have committee meetings, we'll have so many different meetings, it'll make your head spin, we'll be drowned in meetings, because, you know, eventually the goal is to kind of quiet people down and to keep the momentum down, because when people get upset about things, when stuff isn't being done in this sense of urgency, then it can really anger folks. And then when you're advocating for something so such as this, you're viewed as being hostile. But it's like we've had these conversations for years about supporting trans folks. So it's like, you know, what's it going to take? So I would support students to always feel like that they're able to strategize and organize around ways that they're able to support folks who are considered to be the most marginalized and to just figure out what does that look like in terms of bringing that to a call to action. And if it wasn't for folks who were trans within history, we wouldn't have a lot of the things that we do nowadays. There really were advocates and trailblazers.
trailblazers for what was considered to be acceptable or normal. They challenged that. They were able to bring that in a way to say, you know, this is something that was created in white supremacy, patriarchy, and westernization, which is Christianity, and it's wrong. And we're going to be who we are, no matter what somebody or society says. So how are we able to bring that to everybody to bring about change and liberation? And we're not going to be considered to be free until all of us are free. Now, that's considered to be our trans folks as well. So I'm really hoping that for folks who are senators and for student leaders or for just anybody that's wanting to advocate that they don't let up off the gas, that they continue to apply pressure and to just know that there's always justice in ways that people are able to form community because you can't do this work by yourself. It's really hard to do. But yeah, like Ben said, I know I said I was going to keep it brief. I'm just super excited and optimistic about the work that's able to be done given the history of students fighting for trans students since day one. Thank you so much for all of your explanations and what y'all do. I know there are plenty of students who appreciate it. Just basic questions. How can one become a part of SGA? And how can we as students, faculty, staff, listeners support SGA? Yeah, that's a great question. As for becoming part of SGA, the declaration period for this coming session next year has passed and we're currently in election and voting will end, I believe, noon on Monday. But we also, you can petition for an open seat. I know we have plenty of open seats this coming session. And so that is certainly something that is pretty easy to do. Now, in terms of campus supporting SGA, I mean, to be honest, my honest answer to that would be figure out who represents your constituency and go to them with your concerns. We are agents of representation, and we need to be expressing the needs and concerns of our constituencies. You know, that's how representative democracy works. So my answer to that would just be figure out who represents you, go and have honest conversations with any kind of legislation that really you think would help yourself or those around you as a student here. And just know that even if you're not a part of SGA, there's so much work that that needs to be done on campus. So just because this is one specific body that's able to do that, that's not the only body or the only place that you can have autonomy to bring about some change. So the real change is just understanding where you're able to meet yourself at, what your passions are, and then make a, a change from there. So SGA is really helpful in in a lot of different ways and is a great body uh, that we're able to advocate from. But just know that this is not the only place or, or, you know, capacity that you're able to do that in. So, you know, change starts within you and change starts with holding yourself accountable and figuring out what you're like. So if you like really standing up for electoral justice or election protection, SJ is not the only place where you can do that work or working within student affairs or supporting marginalized communities. There's so many different things you can do, but I'm really excited about the folks who are choosing to dedicate their time um, to SGA. So those are all the questions I have, but I welcome all of you to feel free to speak on anything else you wish to say in this interview. This is your time to speak on anything. Yeah, touched on what I would say here, but it's time for a lot of change. And I think that I'm just honestly honored to serve alongside people like Ben and Corbin and just so many people in our SDA that are really willing and capable of making that change. And I think that I'm excited in looking at the candidates in all of SGA elections, whether presidential in it, they all have great ideas and they all seem really committed to change. So just say that big positive changes are coming for our campus. And I encourage everyone to get involved, even if it's not an SGA, like Corbin said, just get involved in whatever you can do because change starts yourself. Yeah, so definitely a piece of advice that I would like to send out there into the community is that there's no 
one type of person who can be a leader, no matter what media and sort of tradition might tell us. The people who gain access into seats of power are cis, straight, white men, you know, wearing a suit and having this really short haircut. And so coming at it from sort of my perspective, I'm like, I have long pink hair and I wear makeup and sometimes I wear a suit, but it's not always what I feel comfortable in. So I just wanted to reiterate that. And anyone listening, our contact information is on the SGA website. So I'm definitely a a person to reach out to about anything you need, anything you want to get involved in. And a point of optimism I just wanted to touch on was recently the North Carolina State Department released a decision that on PowerSchool, which is the online school system for North Carolina public schools, K through 12, they are starting to list people's preferred names or just their names is the reality of it. And that gives me a lot of optimism because a lot of the pushback I received has been, oh, about as you learn and AppleNet and how can we update those systems. But I know we have an IT department and I know that, like I said, these changes are possible. It's just about putting in the work. And I know that as student leaders, we have full class schedules, work schedules, family, friends, everything else going on. And we're still able to devote the time and energy towards these issues. And so I know that people who this is their jobs, I know that they have the time And it's about being willing to work and just listen and change because it's hard to change old systems, but it's important and it's time and it's possible. And just some last remarks for myself. This is an important part of advocacy. We don't do this work because we we're trying to be a voice for our constituents. We recognize that students already have a voice and how do we amplify that to bring about change? And, and that's just the biggest thing is that amplification. Just two other things before I conclude, but we know now that Dr. Fleming, our chief diversity officer, as well as I think our dean of students have issued a resignation or are retiring. So there's a lot of work to be done with this student affairs that I know with the pandemic going on, it's been kind of hard to figure out what's able to be done because there's been talks about funding and capacity, the UNC system, the BOG, and how does that play a part into what APP is able to do. Just with the talks of campus opening in the fall semester, there's a lot of work to be done. And it can be very tiring. It can it can just be very overwhelming at times. But like I said, community care is important. And as long as you've got the heart to just do service and to hold people accountable, hold yourself accountable then you're always going to be on the right side of what we're trying to do here. And I'm really hoping that people tune in. We've just been doing a lot because of elections and different things and vaccines coming out. Thank you to all of you. Y'all are awesome, true trailblazers. Y'all are really doing it. So thank you so much for taking this time to speak with me today on these topics that are hard for some, but I really appreciate it. And I encourage listeners to stay updated on what student government is doing. From 90.5 WASU, I'm Eris Sodermilk, Assistant News Director, and this is F1800.